Welcome to Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm joined, as per usual, with my co-host, Dustin Jackson, of Dustin Jackson fame. Hey, Dustin, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, and you know what, Mitch? I hope our audience doesn't sleep through this episode. That's in the title of the episode that we played, which is Sam and Max, The Devil's Playhouse, Episode 5, The City That Dares Not Sleep, originally released on August 30th, 2010, directed by Jake Rodkin and written and designed by our old pal Chuck Jordan. Chuck Jordan coming around again. He was the first episode of the season and now the, the last episode of the season. Who loves you, buddy? Who? Wait, what? Chuck Jordan, who loves you, buddy? It's us. You're. Oh, okay. <laughs> Before the, <laughs> it's the It's Us reveal, I was very confused as to why you were asking chuck jordan who loves him yeah i thought i thought it was implied that it's us who love i had i haven't heard that be used that way before so i wasn't the i wasn't the, aware the only time i've ever heard it used is in um so you've heard of cartoon network i've heard of the channel yeah have you heard of uh the show survivor um the show survivor is not on cartoon network you're right, but Cartoon Network did a parody of okay. it back when it was like a big hot thing, and they had Brack as one of the contestants, famous cartoon star Brack, and uh, it shows it it shows when the characters are uh, voting other characters off, and Brack did not vote for one of the other characters. His strategy was to instead vote for uh, past presidents. Oh, so okay. he voted for James K. Polk, and then he says, "Who loves you, buddy?" All right. <laughs> so that's that whole How did thing. his strategy now, work now out? Did it work out for him? Yeah, he won. He just voted for past presidents <laughs> and that makes you win? Well, it, so it turns out that it was all Brack's dream. It was never a show. Oh. It, was, it was never a thing. It was just Brack dreaming, so he won. The final contest was... Um, it came down to Brack, Betty Rubble, and Eustace from Courage the Cowardly Dog. And... Uh, the final challenge was they had to do an impression of their favorite Scooby-Doo star. And uh, Eustace got eliminated because he said he just said Stupid Dog, which is from his own show. Brack did an impression of... Um, uh, his name is, is escaping me right now. Uh, Don Knotts. Uh, he says, here at The Rock, we got two and then they gave it to him because Don Knotts guest starred on a Scooby-Doo episode once. Oh, good. He counted, so he won, but it was all a dream anyway. Well, thanks. So, <laughs> Sam and Max. Thanks for that. Speaking of dreams, no one's having any dreams in this episode because it's the city that dares not sleep. Yeah, well, I guess a lot of people are having dreams because the, the sort of idea is that Max is trying to put him to sleep. Yeah. But they don't want to be asleep. Oh, Sam does fall asleep at one point in this episode, but uh Well, there's there's thousands I, if I, not I, millions of people in the background being thrown yeah. into the darkness of sleep. Um but we don't see Yeah, them. I guess I yeah, I forgot about them since we never see them. Yeah, some some of the people that giant Catholic Max is killing and th- uh putting to sleep actually do go to sleep so that's something to keep in in mind 
Uh, Dustin, I guess that's true. Let's start this episode. Let's over. start this. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's do let's do another one. Dustin, what do you think of this episode? <laughs> I love this this episode. It's great, and it's uh, boy, it goes to some spots you don't expect Sam and Max to go. It does, yeah. Um, Which is great. I I was talking to a friend about it like a few weeks ago. He was saying I I never looked into the reception for this season, but he was saying apparently it was a little. Uh, some Sam and Max fans were a little put off by the uh, the serious drama of it. Well, I can totally imagine that if you were yeah sticking with the comics and then played Hit the Road and then watched the cartoon, and then it was this. The fact that the canon, well, we'll okay. Let's just get into the thing. the The yeah. canon Max does die forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I, f- I feel like if anyone's listening to this episode on the last episode of Sam and Max, they know this already. I would hope. Yeah, you should play this game. It's a good one. It's probably the best game that we've covered, and. Um, yeah, this this episode has has a lot of things that make me feel things in it. Um it's revealed that the narrator of the entire season is Max's superego. And and Max doesn't use his superego because he's driven by He's id. all about id. Mm-hmm. There's also the other part of the brain, the ego. But no one really understands what that one does. Uh, so <laughs> it's not part of it. <laughs> uh, the, don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. We're just focusing on the on the big two. Hey, I'm walking here. I'm walking here in the in Max's brain, as Sam does <laughs> uh, later in this episode. He walks all throughout Max. So the superego, the, the narrator of, of the episode is very cross with Max because he isn't listened to. He only ever, Max only ever succumbs to his id, his base instincts, his hedonistic hunger and greed and violent tendencies. Um, But he has the potential for so much more, says the superego. That's what someone who is uh, given these psychic powers has the potential to do potential to do anything, and he just doesn't really use it to do anything interesting. Uh, this has really <laughs> upset narrator superego and uh, puts the whole thing into motion with Max developing a brain tumor, the result of the superego's meddling. Oh no! Yeah, it, and that is like weirdly not the thing that kills him. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they, they give him a brain tumor, and then they're like, hey, he's fine. But hang on, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the thing is, since the brain the brain tumor is filled with uh, dark matter, dark uh, evil powers, I guess that somehow makes it a little less, a little more manageable <laughs> than... than uh, a real brain tumor would be it sounds like none of them are that worried they're like oh yeah we can take it out with that uh chthonic destroyer uh which they don't end up doing but they none of them sound like oh yeah no we can't do this they sound like yeah no it's fine just get it and we'll do it yeah um i i guess i 
okay, so so I'm I'm gonna put on my my brain guy hat for a second. Okay, you're the one of us to do that. You always you always bring up the interesting point. You're really the Sam of this Sam and Max duo we got. Whoa, do you? What do you think about that? Is that interesting? <laughs> That's <laughs> fine with okay. me. I, no, I, I, I really do feel like you put more thought into like uh, deeper meanings to these than I do, which is great because it gives us uh, more to talk about, but sometimes also gives us a little, uh, a little uh, difference of opinion. Mm. Or, or just coming from things from different angles. Like, uh, hearkening way back, let's go back in time to our season one preview. You were the, you were the one who picked up on, uh, the stuff with, like, uh, Hugh Bliss having kind of a deeper, not so great meaning. To me, that never once occurred to me. And I was like, whoa. Whoa. Well, in, in this Crazy. case, with Brain Guy, I just mean literally about the brain. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Freud's, definition of the mind is split into three parts the superego the ego and the id where um id is base instincts things like your the stuff that you need on maslow's hierarchy of needs shelter water food sex that idea um and then superego is your decision making faculty but ego is sort of your sense of self uh, so it, it, it begs the question, like when, if you are to believe in that like three-way split of the mind that a lot of people after Freud seemed to believe in, although not, it's not really paid attention to by modern psychology at all. Um, but pretending it's a thing, the max <laughs> that Sam knows is a combination of those three things. Or, actually, more specifically, the max that Sam knows isn't a combination of those three things like every other person he knows is. This max is only paying attention to the id, uh, according to the superego in, in what he says. <laughs> so, my question to you is, when Sam meets the superego in Max's brain... Is Sam just talking to Max? Like that is Max. Does does the super? I think it's a part. It's definitely a part of Max. Well, right. It, it's definitely a part of Max. But all of, all of the memories that Sam has with Max, all of the the shenanigans they've done, all of the friendship and and, and true fondness between those two people, is that like? Do you think that is present in this super ego character? Maybe, but also maybe not, because like like he says, Max never paid attention to his superego. So maybe a lot of who Max is is just with the id, and this is a whole separate... Like, I would assume he knows everything Max knows. He has, like, his memory... He is part of his brain. Um, But, you know, maybe he's not as in touch with all that stuff, because he doesn't get to come out very often. Because, like, he knew who Sam was, but... Like, it doesn't seem like he, like, has a connection to Sam. Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, based on what he is, I would think that Sam would probably not care about him. Because to Sam, that's not Max. The The Max he knows is, is mostly id. But yeah. to the superego, I still think Sam would be, like, his best friend. Uh, <laughs> that That is 
Sam would come in, in the door to the brain and, and the superego would see Sam. And then the superego would say, hey, you're my best friend. Uh, and that doesn't happen. And I, I think that that is more of a split between Max and Max's superego than was originally intended. But hey, you know what, Dustin? We never even talked about the plot of this episode. Yeah. And this episode starts out with some surprising character returns. Yeah. So Max has been big and dark elder god status kaiju guy destroying New York for about a week now. They can't do anything about it. Um, <laughs> and he's releasing Max head spores onto the city. And those spores are trying to get people to fall asleep for reasons I don't 100% understand i think they feed off dreams yeah because later on in the episode when sam is asleep uh you see uh one of the spores adam and he's like oh yeah this is good stuff but they don't really bring it up because it's not really that big a part of the episode going forward i mean it is the reason why they can't sleep but i don't think that ever had to really be part of it yeah um that doesn't come up I will um I I will say here that the team that they have to figure out the whole Max Kaiju endemic situation is a great team. It's Mama Bosco, uh the cops, Mr. Featherly, Superball, and Paperweight with Dr. Norrington in his chest, and Sam. What a what a group. <laughs> what a ragtag group of of friends, in quotes. Yeah. Uh, some of these don't even like Sam and Max. I don't know why Paperweight... Why is Mr. Featherly there? Yeah, I mean, I guess Paperweight is, is there because Yogg-Sagoth <laughs> is connected to it. But Featherly, like, why are you helping? <laughs> why, did, why did he come? He doesn't contribute... I mean, he does contribute to one of the puzzles, but why did he come? It's not like he had anything to, to contribute. He wasn't even going to do anything. He was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to... If you talk to him and ask him to join it, join you, he's like, yeah, no. Uh -uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just there. Like, I bet if you asked him why he's here, he would just be like, hey, I'm just here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know why I'm here. <laughs> um, I guess I was in the neighborhood. <laughs> I have written down in my notes near the start of the episode that Sam's voice actor sounds different in this episode. Interesting. Why do you think that is? I don't know. That 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 didn't occur to me, but I do think it's very different if you compare it to like the early stuff. Yeah, like obviously the actor grows into the role, but uh, you, you are you saying you think he sounds different in this episode compared to like even just the episode before? Yeah, I, I guess I I clocked it this episode. It might not be that different compared to the one right before, but it did seem interestingly different. Mm -hmm. He definitely really improved since in the first episode of the first season he just sounds he like he's doing fine but he just sounds kind of flat which is i guess fine if you're gonna have a straight man character but here he really gives sam his own sort of energy yeah yeah he he, he does sam is in sam has the most emotional episode um in in the series for him Mm -hmm. by kind of a lot lots, lots of shit goes down even even before the big uh finale 
even before that, like you have Super Bowl talking about uh, attacking Max with the uh, Mametrons, and he and he says uh, acceptable losses, and Sam's like, "What uh, acceptable losses? What the what the hell are you talking about?" Yeah, yeah, Sam. He's really losing it. Sam is going through some stuff, uh, thinking he's going to lose Max, and eventually is proven correct about that. Um, they realize that the team realizes that they need a team of people to go inside Max. Sam, of course, is down uh, because it wouldn't be a video game if that weren't the case. And Paperweight <laughs> and Dr. Norrington are down, but no one else can go inside. Um, and Mama Bosco's like, whoa, we need a, like a neurosurgeon, a trained psychologist, uh, an adventurer, a scuba, a diver, scuba diver, a, a dark wizard, <laughs> all of these other things. We, we need like a m- much larger team. And then, of course, filling all of those roles is a very pregnant Sybil Pandemic who comes through the door <laughs> at the exact right time to be useful. I, I, she didn't even mean to be. She was. She's like, uh, did somebody call me? No, seriously, did someone call? Um, wh- what are your uh, what are your thoughts on Sybil's appearance here? Um, I think it's great that she came back. I love. I think it's very cool. You go this whole season with no Sybil, and then Sybil's back in a major way. Yeah. Um, um, with quite an appearance change. Sybil's, I think Sybil's kind of great in this episode. It's same. It's it's awesome. She brings it. It reminds me of the fact that I don't think I could probably count the number of pregnant women I've seen in a video game on one hand. Sybil's like the one. I can't think of anyone else. Um. Oh, I there's someone in The Walking Dead too, but. I, I guess it's just a thing that lends itself better to narratively driven games. Edith Finch in What Remains of Edith Finch is pregnant. Um, oh. that's We named three. I can't even think of another. Um, there has to be more. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be. There's got to be in something like uh, Uncharted or Last of Us, but I, I don't know those games. Um 18 weird times pregnancy showed up in video games. <laughs> Is that a... I found a list. That's that's uh, awful that it's described as weird times. <laughs> just, yeah, pregnancy's not it's weird. Just it's just a thing that happens. <laughs> I, I think in Sybil's case, it's a little weird. Well, yeah, well, Sybil... Okay, yeah, they go out of their way to make Sybil's pregnancy weird because the father is the statue of Abraham Lincoln who has now got his whole body again. Um, so she's carrying some like large chunks of granite in her that are going to grow up <laughs> into disgusting human statue hybrids. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. Um, it, in the next Sam and Max game, I don't think it happened in the VR game. So in the next Sam and Max game, I would like to see Sybil and Lincoln's uh, disgusting kids all grown up. <laughs> they're terrible children uh, they, they'd be horrifying yeah i can't even think of like what some meat and some rock looks like it's <laughs> hard to imagine if you're doing them it's got to be one or the other not both or you get weird um but sybil 
and Paperweight and Sam all climb into the DeZoto and they get the DeZoto swallowed by Kaiju Max. And they enter his stomach, which is themed after a kitchen. And from here on out, you're exploring different parts of Max's body, all themed to sort of the action that they do. So you go into the hands, which are a game room, and the legs, which are an exercise room, and the brain, which is sort of a uh, a library study kind of living room thing. Um, and you're going around trying to take control of Max so that you can rewire his brain. Ooh. Um, at a certain point, you're let into the uh, Mandula Oblongata room, which is where you find Max's superego, and the, it's the big reveal that the narrator was the superego the whole time. Um, it's funny, because at the beginning of the game, the narrator's like, uh, one of one of the characters here will betray Sam and Max, mm-hmm. and it has like a bunch of uh, portraits of a bunch of different characters. But he himself is one of the characters there. Yeah, because he's standing in front of the portraits. And it yeah. that is the big reveal. That's really good. Um, I remember playing the game at the time thinking like, oh, well, it would be clever if it was the narrator somehow. But I don't know. It's probably Sybil or something. And then... <laughs> um, it was the narrator, so I thought that was... <laughs> Sybil's always had them shifty eyes. Sybil could easily, like, sell Max and Sam's lives to Satan for no reason. Like, Sybil... <laughs> That's true. Sybil could, just as easily as, as anything, completely betray Sam and Max, and I would not think it's completely out of character. I would think a, a ton of characters in Sam and Max would <laughs> happily betray... If you think about it, it could have been anyone in that group shot... Except for Sal. Yeah, Sal was one of the portraits. Sal would never. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, We see some more familiar faces in this whole beginning part, too. Uh, One that I thought was pretty surprising. I totally forgot this happened at all. Satan is up on the rooftop. Yeah. uh, With Jürgen. Jürgen is filming him for a little documentary thing. And Jürgen's dressed like he was in the tomb of Salman Mach, uh like film so back in the 1901 jurgen with the weird eastern european sausage boy outfit yeah he says that's what the style is nowadays uh goth vampire is out now it's uh this look and it's totally not just because they had this model ready to go yeah they make a little joke about it being cheaper and then sam says how is it cheaper and then jurgen says i don't know it's don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Jurgen's a weenie, but I like when he shows up, like every time. Yeah, I, I like I like the bow that some of these character appearances put on their characters because Jurgen we've seen as like the main big bad of an episode, and we've seen as someone we want to help, and we've seen as someone who's just sort of like pathetically annoying and in the way. And now this final version of Jurgen is someone that Sam and Max have been through so much with that now they're just saying like, oh, hey, Jurgen. Yeah. You... Hey, Jurgen. It's you. When you can say, hey, Jurgen, your character arc with Jurgen is done. <laughs> That's the proof that you need to know that you finished it. Uh, also, Satan showing up, I remember was kind of, I, I felt like it was a big deal 
back in 2010 when I played it for the first time because when they called it the Devil's Toy Box, I was thinking from the perspective of like, oh, the last Sam and Max episode we got was in hell. So this is going to continue the Satan story. And then when it didn't continue the Satan story at all, I was a little confused by that. Uh, especially because it's the devil's toy box. It should be the devil's. And then Satan comments on that in uh, in, in this yeah, episode. Yeah, he, he was like, yeah, I don't know what that whole deal is. I Nothing to do with me. Yeah, and he, he gets really upset about it. It's like he, he doesn't like the craftsmanship of the toy box or something. He's like, if I made the devil's toy box, it would be a burner toy box. Um, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like them using his name for their thing. Uh, also, Grandpa Stinky's outside, and this is the last time we see him. Uh, he makes he makes well. a point of uh, explaining to Sam that he's not going to fall asleep to the Max spores because, and I quote, "I haven't fallen asleep in three years, and I'm not going to start now." <laughs> Why? <laughs> he 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 just decided that. <laughs> Well, maybe he... He decided, you know what? No more sleep for me. Well, girls think he's trying to kill him. Maybe he he thinks, like, I can't sleep. He has to be on guard at all times. Wow, that's rough. Yeah, but he seems fine with it. He, he doesn't seem like... He, he never implies that this is, like, bad. He's just like, yeah, this is just the way I am. <laughs> I don't need I don't need no sleep. Um, what do you think of the inside of Max's body? <laughs> uh, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that question, um, I like it. I like the visuals. I like that it's this. Uh... How how would you describe the decor inside of it? It's like nineteen fifties home yeah. style. It feels like I Love Lucy looks sort of. Yeah, like the wallpaper, the general look of the furniture and stuff. Yeah, not black and white, but just that kind of kitschy sort of home decor situation. Kitschy, that's the word I was looking for. Um, Yeah, I like it. It's, uh, I guess it's weird in that it doesn't really seem like something that would be associated with Max, but I guess I don't know what I would expect Max's insides to look like. Yeah, isn't it like other uh, than like organs. Isn't it... Yeah, isn't it like a, f- a facade? Isn't didn't they bring up like they did this for them, like to make them more comfortable or something inside? Wait, that they did it? Like the the dark matter inside of Max like changed how the inside of him looks. Because like obviously Max doesn't have a whole kitchen in his stomach. Um. Oh, I I don't know because when they go in, I I think one of them at I think one of them at one point said they, uh, like was it one of the Max spores or something or maybe Doctor Norrington said it. I don't know. I could just be making that up. Well, I think Doctor I played Norrington that part last or, night. or Sybil or, or or Paperweight or one of them said something when they first arrive in the stomach and they were like, "Whoa, Max's stomach is a full kitchen," and then. One of them theorizes that the dark matter changed it to look like this, but then Sam says, "No, this is pretty much how Max's stomach has always that's, looked." That's so right. I totally forgot about that line. I have it written down in my notes. That's just how it always looks. Yeah, but I I would agree with you with that being probably wrong <laughs> because 
he's a rabbit and not a house. <laughs> I guess that is what what's a good tip off. Um. Yeah, th- this. I I think the kitschy decor inside of Max sort of speaks to who Max is. He's never done anything highbrow in his life, and that is that is the um the 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 problem that emerges in this episode with the super ego just deeply disdaining how crass and lowbrow max always is and like just outside of the super ego's dark room which is probably the only room that could be considered even remotely fancy just because of the lack of unfancy things in it uh, right outside of that room there's like commemorative plates with Max's face on him, and um, j- just it, it, it's like a it's a very capitalistic decorated house. Uh, I I think that the super ego must hate it there. <laughs> That's true. Um, I really like that. Uh, super ego room where it's all black and white but there's red in there with the ties yeah that's that's cool great visuals i i like Um, that max might view his own decision making process as being similarly dressed to sam who's the person that makes all the decisions for him uh, that is an interesting point to bring up i like that yeah because because really if Max isn't listening to his own superego. He's borrowing Sam's. Yeah. He it's, it's someone else who uses their superego. Yeah. Um yeah, th- this episode I I I think it's interesting to bring up what you were saying before about how um Sam and Max is mostly wacky. Most of the the franchise of Sam and Max is sort of slapstick humor. Um puns and references to things that are silly to make references to and devil's playhouse really isn't uh it it, yeah even in past episodes like you have jokes of course but like i'd say the stories of all of these episodes are pretty like not that jokey it's like an actual story yeah especially starting with they stole max's brain and then the next two episodes after that uh Telltale is pushing, I I feel the push there, to see what really can happen in a Sam and Max story when they they try to make it real. They they try to make it go as far as they can and tell like a story that actually speaks to the human condition in a kind of way. Um Yeah, I think it works out really well here. And yeah. like I think I brought it up on a past episode, but I feel like they did this with uh, Tales of Monkey Island, too, and it really worked out there as well. Uh, They're able to take these franchises that are more known to be jokey and silly and really take them to uh, an actual uh, dramatic uh, place. Um, I, I, I now that we've played through the season again. I think that the through line, the thematic through line between all the episodes is Sam's care of Max. And I didn't realize that the first time I played through, but it's totally there. Um, In 
things like hit the road or the comics or the cartoon, Sam and Max are just going to like shoot random people, do random stuff, get crushed by tons of anvils and, you know, uh, they're going to (laughs) be cartoons and do cartoon things. And I think this season is sort of like the realization of, hey, we're not young anymore. And if we keep doing that, we something could happen because we're we're starting to face more and more things that are legitimately terrifying in a kind of way, and mm-hmm. uh, e- even just the escalation from the beginning of Telltale's time with Sam and Max, like the the season finale of season one of this same series was the Hugh Bliss fight, which was stupid and ridiculous. And then it ends with this, with this um, this introspective philosophical take on what it means for Sam and Max to have any kind of relationship at all. Um, yeah, even just season two, it ends with the soda poppers. Yeah, the, the soda poppers. Uh, at least that one is, is, I guess, they're getting a little more into it. They're talking about, like, the concept of time and life and death and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But also just the soda poppers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this one is is out there. This one really turns it on its head. Uh, looks at stuff like, well, okay. So th- the previous episode we were talking about how the theme of that one is Sam thinks Max is going to get too powerful and he won't need him anymore. And then the theme of the episode right behind, right before that was Max losing his brain and Sam needs to like meant like manage the process of max recovering the brain and and actually like putting max's brain back together again and now we see the consequences of putting max's brain back together again and max's brain is now the villain of the the episode um and it it ends with sam actually for real losing max it's it yeah. sort of joked around with... Okay, let, let's just explain how this goes. Um, <laughs> they find dark matter in Max's brain in a tumor, which means that they can't actually do anything with the tumor unless they remove the dark matter first. So they get the cathonic destroyer, and they're about to do it, and then Sybil's water breaks. Um, technically, it's <laughs> pennies, which is a great joke. I... It's so fun. Not just that it's pennies, but the fact that when it happens, you hear like casino sluts. Yeah. Uh, she she drops her pennies, and then uh, <laughs> paperweight just looks at the pennies and goes, "Pennies," uh, <laughs> which is a good line read from paperweight's voice actor. Um, and she insists. Hey, I gotta get out of here to deliver these babies because these are complicated babies. And <laughs> these are complicated. These babies. aren't your run of the mill babies. These are these ain't your these ain't your daddy's babies. These are ninety pound stone babies. I I have <laughs> to get rid of them now. <laughs> She's a trooper for carrying babies that heavy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Sam goes, can't we just like do the brain tumor thing like really quick? And I guess I guess it's thought of that if Sybil delivers these babies in this environment, she might die. 
Um, but they don't say that outright. I, I think it's more like she needs to get somewhere safe to deliver these babies, but also something could happen to her in here. Something could happen to the babies in here. Also, she just doesn't she want needs... to be there anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's just done with this. But I think the thing is, yeah, if if they stay here now, there's a real chance that they will not survive for her and her babies. Um, so... Sam is conflicted about this, but then a bunch of Max spores come out of the brain room, and they're all saying, save Sybil. Uh, like, something in Max's psyche has tr- uh, triggered, and he needs to save Sybil now. Uh, so they all try to save Sybil, and the superego comes out of that room and is, like, delighted. Hey, Max just did something selfless. That was amazing. Uh, that's, like, the first <laughs> that time crazy. that's ever you happened. That was see that? <laughs> Max wants to save Sybil like he likes her as a person. And that's something I was thinking of this whole time is uh Max wanting to save Sybil is very out of character for Max, but that's the whole point. Yeah, that is that that that's such an interesting thing to think about because I don't feel like it's foreshadowed at all. I don't feel like Max and Sybil ever had a crazy cool character moment. Um I guess Sybil is a fan favorite character. So in a, in a sort of, like, meta-narrative way, it makes sense that Sam, or that Max would really like Sybil. But th- there's nothing that we've seen so far that would indicate Max would, like, self-sacrifice for her or anything. I guess it's just because deep down, maybe Max does consider her a friend. Yeah. You know, she's been there on all their adventures. So even if he doesn't show it, I'm sure deep down he probably considers Sybil and like others like Bosco and stuff on maybe not on the same level as Sam, but he still considers them friends, I would think. And and like a lot of these people in their lives uh, aren't put into situations like this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Bosco, they helped Bosco out. Um, but like, you know, now he's in Vegas. He has to work off a of debt, but he's not in any like life threatening danger. Here, Sybil like has younglings. Yeah, and, Sybil and has spawn. <laughs> the spawn of Sybil. Um, so I feel like that, like the circumstances of the whole situation, plus uh, Sybil being considered uh a friend of some sort, mm-hmm. uh is what triggered Max to be like, okay, well, now shit is getting serious. But but like you were saying, I like that there's not much of a foreshadow for this moment uh, because the whole thing with the superego not realizing Max was capable of this, it, it sort of relies on that being something deeply out of his character to do. Yeah, exactly. It, it it was a big enough moment that it caused this change in Max. Yeah, and it, it kind of made me feel bad that we didn't get to see real Max feel this way because he's stuck in the kaiju body still. Um, I, I love, can I just say, I love this kaiju Max design. It's, it's great. Yeah, I, I love his weird tentacle ears. His tentacle ears now they just hang backwards and like his his mouth looking like Max's mouth but a weird twisted monster version. It's mm-hmm. awesome. It's real green. <laughs> they don't get much greener. Don't get yet. much greener than Kaiju Max. <laughs> <laughs> 
One other thing that's a little heartbreaking about this episode is after you've gained control of Max and and you're like helping Max remember things for the astral projection, it does kind of make you feel like, okay, no, we're getting to Max. This things will be okay. Yeah. Things are looking up. And and then uh yeah, it sure uh, doesn't. <laughs> so you get the Chthonic Destroyer, you're ready to do it. Uh, but then the save Sybil thing happens, and Super Ego, the narrator, says, just give me the Chthonic Destroyer, I'll take care of this, I, I realize now what I was doing was wrong, I'll try to fix the tumor. You you just go, you guys have to go save Sybil. Uh, and there's this moment where Sybil and Paperweight and yogg they all go out through the event um, <laughs> that they think is a tear duct, but is actually a like a nose cavity they're sneezed out that yeah that's another thing they play this up like it's all a joke you're sneezed out and there there's icky gross snot it's like oh what a fun jest what a jovial joke everything's gonna be cool yeah and then max his head catches on fire which i guess was the start of like Thing. They bring it up earlier. I think one of the was it one of the spores who said it, or Doctor Norrington, or someone who's someone brought up that Max's head will explode in psychic energy mm. uh, when it's too late. And yeah, Max's head catches on fire, and then he's hit by one of the Mametrons right in the chest. Yeah, and Max also, um, like. I don't. I I maybe don't understand why Max had to die because Super Ego was there with the Chthonic Destroyer. Do you think he just realized that there's no actual way to stop the tumor? And no. So here's here's the thing. He says, "Give me five minutes, and I can get rid of this tumor." But then Mama Bosco says they only have four minutes until the Mametron oh hits, and so. The Mametron was going to explode and take out the whole city and everything. Um, and then Max, in his last act of uh, psychic power, I guess, teleports himself onto a Skunk Ape ship to blow it up. Well, Rather than destroying the city. Right, but the, the head catching fire shouldn't have happened yet, is what I'm saying. Because... I, I wonder if it was just too late, like, too late to get rid of the... Uh, dark matter too. there is a moment where sam is about to get into the tear duct that is not a tear duct um and he like takes a, a look back to see the narrator and the narrator despite him it just shooing them off and being excited that like oh i can stop this right now suddenly he looks sad yeah and i i think that might indicate that like he knew this wasn't. Look, this ain't gonna. Be yeah, there's no actual way, way to stop this to. tumor. You should just, you should just go and feel like maybe we got close but couldn't do it. Yeah. Um. How how crazy is it that they actually kill off Max? Yeah, Max Goku teleports the nuke, um, uh, just like Goku did with Cell, to <laughs> Skunkape's ship. Which had the brain of Pharaoh Salmon Mach, Skunkape himself, some of Skunkape's men, and Girl Stinky. Yeah, Girl Stinky really uh, showing her true colors in this episode. Yeah, by dying in space. <laughs> well, hold on. We never see any of the bodies. 
Well, I mean, if we think Max is dead and we think Skunkape is dead, she's also dead. She, she was there. Yeah, but I'm okay. saying, what if, what if, what if she's not? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> interesting. Um, I hadn't considered that. No, I, I, I think they. I think they did, but they could always, like, if we ever get, like, a season four or something, they could always pull some sort of, uh, oh, we, uh, we got out of the escape pod just in time or something. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a pretty definite, like, you see the ship explode and the, the stars show up. So I, I think they're dead, but, you know, you don't see them actually dead. So I could never say never. Um, so... Girl Stinky has a whole arc in this episode that's sort of in the background. Um, we learn a little bit more about Stinky and Sal's plans that they have uh, for for dealing with Grandpa Stinky and trying to take over the diner from him. It turns out that that big reveal we had that Girl Stinky was a cake the whole time was literally a smoke and mirror show yeah Uh, they they projected an image of the cake onto her body and somehow it just looked perfect from every angle (laughs) it looked solid and everything like a real real cake cake, and i'm pretty sure we found ingredients for it at one point in the past but all right (laughs) uh and And, and so she she's not even related to this guy probably she just showed up one day when he made a cake and he maybe had a misconception of why that happened <laughs> and then she used that <laughs> that is on him that's on him you gotta, yeah you gotta admit. <laughs> <laughs> she used that uh mistake to basically ruin grandpa stinky's life uh wow what a what a plan and we find out that Sal's been working hard trying to do to, uh, to do this for Stinky as well. And Sal, at one point, it, it, early in the episode, looks like he's trying to break up with Stinky. Um, she, he's trying to say, like, hey, you know, the last uh, few decades have been pretty great, but uh, I think maybe we... But he's I, cut off. I don't know about all this. Uh, he says the last few decades... Wow, that's a long time. Sal and Stinky have been plotting the death of Grandpa Stinky and trying to take over the diner and also dating for decades. What were they hoping to get out of this? The diner. For decades? For decades. (laughs) They could have opened their own diner. Yeah, diners are not important. Yeah, no one cares. (laughs) No one's going to be impressed that you took this diner. This diner that probably wasn't very good to begin with i'm sorry if it, listeners out there if you own a diner i'm sure it's great but i'll tell you what it's not important uh <laughs> yeah diners are great but it's not worth plotting for decades so. yeah important to you for a little bit oh, i'm sure important to anyone for like decades to to plot to, to try to steal probably not <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it's it's very important to the people who own the diners who will want to make a living off this diner, but there's no reason for someone to plan for decades to acquire a diner from someone else. Maybe this is like a secretly very lucrative diner. That's true. We we never uh, we see some people go in, but uh, you know maybe it's a little more important than we think. Grandpa Stinky strikes me as the kind of guy who could 
secretly be a millionaire and you would just never know. Yeah, it boy, Grandpa Stinky sure goes through some changes in this episode too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this episode goes crazy with some of these characters. Yeah, they just know that like they have complete autonomy over these characters, and they're ending the story. So they they really do some wild stuff with it. Um, yeah, it's Stinky dies. Max dies, but also Grandpa Stinky's brain mm-hmm. is put in the body of a giant space gorilla. Spape. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Grandpa Stinky is now a skunkape guy. Uh, Gram- Grandpa Stinky's original body was on the ship, so it's it's dead. It's gone. It's out of here. He's he is a spape forever. Yeah, and Grandpa Stinky does not seem to care. He's fine with no, the change. He doesn't mind. He's all right with it. Yeah. Um, I guess I would be too. They say those hides are bulletproof. So, so at the very end of the episode, they try to clone Max from some DNA they had, uh, because they had that cloning facility, and that wouldn't bring Max back, but it would be something. So Sam's mm-hmm. excited about this possibility, um, but then they open the clone chamber door when they're done, and just a bunch of gas escapes. And uh, Mama Bosco says, sorry, Sam, Max's DNA was just too weird for my machines to handle. That, on one hand, that seems like such a weird excuse to use for it. But on the other, I'm glad they did it because I feel like it would have really. It's it's weird because considering what happens later, I feel like if they did the clone thing now, it would have felt lame. Yeah. Um. But then we end up doing something kind of similar, but it has more impact for some reason. I think it's because you're left to let that sadness sink in first. Throughout the entire credits, right? Because like after that clone sequence, it just shows Sam sort of Charlie Brown sulking through the, the streets of New York. While the credits, yeah, he walks by all these all these crimes going on in the background. He doesn't do anything because his little buddy is dead forever and gone. Yeah, he's not trying to stop any crimes. He he encourages crimes now. That's his new sad thing that he does. <laughs> um, and the credits are going <laughs> by. All and this, this very sad song is playing, and then he looks at the Statue of Liberty, which is missing its head because of the Charlie Hotep fight, and suddenly. Behind him, the time elevator from episode 204, The Chariots of the Dogs, shows up. And inside it, well, not inside it, actually, to like outside of it because of some reason, <laughs> is Max. <laughs> but it's Max. It's the past version of Max they accidentally brought into existence and doubled up on in Chariots of the Dogs. Uh, when th- there were too many Sams and Maxes in the world because they were forced to... Uh, they brought a past version of Sam and Max into the future, and then they had to relive those years, and then they caught up with them. <laughs> uh, so the ones that were brought into the future were sort of like left in the time stream, and they had all these adventures while they were gone. This other pair of Sam and Max we just haven't been watching have been doing stuff. And that pair's Sam died. Yeah, it was basically the exact same situation, only it was Sam instead of Max. Yeah, and so that Max, 
from that alternate reality where, well, I mean, it's same reality, sort of, uh, where Sam died <laughs> and our Sam, where Max died, got together and they're the new Sam and Max. That's so, that's such a crazy thing. Like, there's no way they could have planned for this when they were doing season two, I would think. Maybe they did, but, because uh, season two and season three are only like two years apart. So maybe when they, maybe when they were writing season two, they had ideas in mind for three already. But still, it's crazy to think that this, like, by this point, I had totally forgotten that past Sam and Max were even a thing. Yeah. Um, but they, they were so much other important stuff happened. Um, by the way, this is the exact plot of what happens to Loki, uh, in the Marvel cinematic universe. And, uh, people are like, Ooh, tiny wimey stuff going on with Loki. Yeah. Sam and Max did it first. Marvel nerds. Yeah. So, uh, maybe pay a little respect. Maybe spit some respect on the name next time. Yeah. Thought so. Um, so on the one hand, it's kind of a cheesy way to get out of the fact that Max died. So you don't actually have to show an absence of Max ever again. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't want Sam and Max without Max. So I I, I think it's good that they did it. I also feel like it's very emotionally resonant because like I said, they let that sadness sink in first. It's like, oh shit, look at Sam. Look at how broken up Sam is. Sam and Max never does stuff like this. And then it feels good when it, it gives you that hope when you hear the uh, the time machine elevator show up. You're like, oh, wait a minute. What? And then Max shows up next to Sam and you're like, oh, there he is. I kind of feel like Sam passing the crimes in progress and not trying to stop the criminals or anything is undercut a little bit by the fact that he's never stopped a criminal on camera. Like, <laughs> in the Telltale games, he's never actually stopped crime from happening. Um, he's never arrested anyone. <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, so it kind of made me think, like, well, yeah, okay, but what's he going to do? <laughs> uh, but, but the point was still very resonant of, of a depressed Sam not being able to stop crime like he wants to. Yeah. And I I personally, I remember this back when I first played this all those years ago. At the time, I was like, Jesus Christ. I, I was overjoyed when Max showed up again. I, I think nowadays, it, it's like with any story. When you know what's going to happen, it can't hit as hard. But... Uh, at the time, I remember thinking, oh, shit, they really just killed Max. Yeah. What What are they going to do? And then when the past Max showed up, I was like, yeah, yes, yes, there he is. It's Max. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, like this whole time playing this episode tonight, yes, last night and today, um, the whole time I was thinking, I know I remember exactly how this ends. Uh so I knew it was coming, but I still feel like they do a pretty good job of it with like the sad music, uh, Sam in front of the uh, the Empire, St- or not the Empire State Building, Statue of Liberty. Um, I think they did a very good job of handling Sam and Max in this weird way. Yeah, it, it's definitely the most solemn they've ever gotten with Sam and Max. Um, so. It's not something you'd expect. I think the only other time something like this 
kind of happened, and it was, like, nowhere near this level. Uh, in one of the comics, and in the show, like, one of the episodes of the show was an adaptation of this comic, where they go on the moon, Max ends up getting vaporized, and uh, that was another case where Max was just dead, and Sam was like, oh, geez, what am I gonna do? My little buddy's just a bag of chum. Uh... But somehow, I guess, Max's spirit, like, went into Sam's finger or something. And so he was like, uh, yeah, uh, I'm in you now. Creepy, huh? And so they find a scientist and they're able to take Max's remains and uh, Max's spirit and Sam's finger and bring him back to life. So, you know, it's still a joke at the end of the day, but that's, like, the only other time they've come close, I guess. And it was, again, with Max dying. Yeah, with with this one, like, I guess it's... I'm happy that there is a Sam and Max for Max, but it's not like Max is back. Max, that Max died for real. The, the Max that yeah. um, has been around for at least six episodes of the game. Um, I guess that's another reason why it feels okay to just bring him back, because there's still consequences. This is still a different Max. So it's not like everything just goes 100% back to normal, even though it kind of does. There's a, there's one point where Max is telling Sam the story about what happened in his time. And he's like, oh, yeah, it was horrible. It was awesome. And Mac, and Sam is just kind of like, he's just standing there. He's not really sure about all yeah. this. <laughs> and and, and you, you can tell it's kind of going through his mind. He's like, oh, this isn't really the same. This isn't my max but then max is like so want to stop some crimes and sam's like do i and then it's fine yeah it he's he's, he's like well close this enough. max is only the same as our max up to situation comedy the second episode of the whole thing <laughs> that's so crazy to think about but i get i guess it's their way of having their cake and eat it too you still feel the consequences of season three but you know they're not gonna write out max yeah i mean it's interesting to think about in the context of like this VR game. Again, I haven't played it yet, but the Max in that game uh, never met Satan, um, didn't meet Skunkape, uh, didn't do so many things, never found out that Hubliss was behind the whole hypnosis conspiracy. I want to say they bring up this Max being different and didn't experience anything of season three in Poker Night 2 when Sam is playable, but Max is there too. I think it's brought up. They're like talking about it. I'll have to uh, go back and listen, but I remember that coming up. Like he should not be president of the United States, right? Yeah, Super Bowl is president now. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Can I? Super Bowl gets a good laugh in this episode. I, I don't I don't know if I would say Superball is the best character in Sam and Max, like some people would. But uh I I love when at the end, in, in this sad moment, Superball runs off sobbing. Yeah. Su- Superball feels like in the beginning of this episode it's kind of played up like there might be some foul play here, because Superball is now president, and Sam's like pretty convenient that you become president just when Max uh, goes through all this. So it it kind of feels like they're they could be building up to something, but no, Super Bowl's sobbing his eyes out that Max is dead. He doesn't want Max to be dead, and he he brings up how Sam always saves the day. Um, uh, some 
He said he says, "Don't worry, Super Ball. Sam will save the day." Something about Super Ball that I I love is that like the actual loyalty for Max that he feels is it is revealed here in a way that again sort of seems disingenuous with how his character has been portrayed like for example <laughs> what was in that closet um oh dude you know what what maybe the time machine housing other max was in that closet mm. somehow like it was do you think do you think he knew that he would need max to come back somehow that no I don't. I don't think so. But okay. I, I think he just knew Forget that there's this it. other version of the president that shouldn't exist in society, and he was trying to keep it separate. Oh, okay, okay. I get that. I could see that. Yeah. Good job, Super Good Bowl. Good job, Super Bowl. You really bounced it. Um, <laughs> Max be- or Sam becomes a father in this episode. He does. We didn't even talk about Sam Jr. So, <laughs> yeah, that's big. That that that's such an encapsulation of what happens with with Max. Like Sam has this relationship with Max that he's sort of coming to terms with over this season. Uh, coming to terms with the fact that he can't just keep this going. He can't just keep this relationship with Max going as is without any changes. Um, but he has all of this like motheringly caring energy that he he needs to put into something and he finds a cockroach <laughs> uh from his old cockroach farm from hit the road inside of max there's lots of hit the road references in this yeah i i think this this episode wanted to do it especially because uh other episodes of the game seemed to be unable to reference hit the road in that way. There's, there's one other reference and I've totally forgot to bring it up last episode. I wanted to, and I forgot if you use uh Charlie Hotep on the jukebox, Max will sing. He'll go, I remember my childhood in Brighton. And Sam goes, Max, no, <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah, but this one, we actually see like, uh, we see the cockroach farm. We see the uh, the the car battleship game. Uh, what else was there? Oh, the fish in the bucket. Yeah, the fish in the bucket. Um, the giant candy bar is from a background in, of something. Yeah, Snuckies. Yeah. Um, it says Snuckies uh, nut log. <laughs> well, don't you just want to take a big bite of a nut log sometimes? Snuckies nut nut log. Put it in your mouth. Put it in your mouth. um so yeah sam sam uh raises this roach and the relationship that sam jr and sam have is is great um the roach immediately says are you my papa and then sam says now i am little champion now i am Uh, and that that's wonderful. I'm glad that even if Max stayed gone, Sam would still have this cockroach. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, however, Sal got to be as humanoid and big as Sal is. Maybe Sam Jr. could have done that. 
That would have been great if Sam Jr. got to carry on the legacy of Cell. Maybe in Skunk uh, Skunk Ape's new Sam and Max game, if they make a new Sam and Max game, that will see Sam Jr. be large, cockroach-sized. Boy, I, I really want that uh, hypothetical season four now, if it ever happens. Especially after finishing season three like i wanted it before but now i'm like i i, I want to see more of these guys someone else died we forgot to mention it <laughs> sal sal died <laughs> oh, yeah. our friend sal is no longer a living being yeah i before this i think the only mention of characters dying and fully like staying dead are the soda poppers yeah um it's funny because last episode i i had i totally forgot that cell helps you out with a puzzle here i thought he died from the fall i thought the episode opens and you like see him dead like out on the street in the alley or something i totally forgot that he comes into max with you yeah he was happy to go into a room full of radiation and do some stuff for you uh, he never even said no. He never. He just said, "Sure, Sam, I am happy to help." Yeah, we do it because Sam is under the misconception that cockroaches can survive radiation, which <laughs> that's so sad. What a lame way for <laughs> poor Sal to die. It, uh, um, uh, an urban legend. Yeah, as Sal says, that's an urban legend. It's not actually a true thing about cockroaches. Um, but Sal's happy to do it because he doesn't want to date Stinky anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah you can't really blame yeah, him so he he'd rather die i guess <laughs> uh, oh i poor I guy. miss sal but also curled up on max's mind couch like a dead cockroach is probably a good way to go yeah i i guess so i guess he died trying to help out he died what he loved it, he, <laughs> he died what he, he loved. died what yeah. he loved <laughs> <laughs> uh that's what they should have said at his funeral <laughs> he died what he loved and then everyone's like yep he, he did <laughs> tears were shed he died what he loved sad i do sell <laughs> <laughs> dead i said Sal dead i said he d- died love uh <laughs> uh Oh. I, I've written down on my, my notes that as much it's, as it's framed as a happy ending, past Max is a horrifying thought. Right? <laughs> like, that, that carries uh, a... How do, you, how do you say? That carries a huge weight of, like, yeah, now every time you see Max, it's going to be some alternate dim- dimension Max. Like, imagine if this happened to anyone you know. They died and were replaced <laughs> by a different time stream, which is most like your roommate, Adam. Let's say Adam died and Adam <laughs> was replaced by a different reality, Adam, who is still your roommate, still dating Andrew, still looks pretty much the same, same age. Mm-hmm. But like. He's had different experiences. He never played Psychonauts. <laughs> like he, some something different happened with this Adam. That's 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 just this. Adam. This Adam was not particularly interested in Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl. <gasps> that's the that. one difference <laughs> between this Adam and, and your your real. <laughs> yeah, Adam. I... and you you know that all the memories you had with Adam, you 
th- this Adam might remember a good chunk of them, but still, they weren't with this. There'd person. be a lot of differences. Yeah, I I guess at the end of the day, it's fine. I guess because like the Max Sam had died, and this is the you you can't make a clone of him. So at the end of the day, I guess this is the closest thing he can do, and he just decides, yeah, cl- well, close enough. You know, he has different memories, but it's still it still is Max. Like it's physically max at the end of the day it, it's not like he looks at him and says this isn't max this is a fake man the whole episode he's calling these spores fake max yeah uh and this one is a real max just from a different timeline so i guess sam figured okay cool i can live with that <laughs> yeah is it- if he if he if he brings up uh if he brings up uh, a past event that happened to him and not me, I'll say, oh, that must have been from the other timeline. You crack me up, little buddy. The the thing with, with the fake Max thing is, is so interesting because with the spores, they really are Max, but... Yeah, that's what I felt, too. I felt like these are still technically Max. Yeah, but, but Sam is, is in such a hard place that, like, he can't deal with that idea. He can't deal with the fact that his little buddy has been taken to such a length off the edge that this thing could possibly be real Max. So he calls it fake Max, feels like a defense mechanism. And then actual fake Max, at the end of this episode, he accepts immediately because, again, that's it seems like another defense mechanism. That's not Max, but he's happy to pretend that it is. Yeah, it it is a Max. Yeah. It it's not 100% his Max, but close enough, I guess. Ma- Max also died what he loved. <laughs> he did die what he loved in Scut Cape shit. Uh, would you like to get into our segments? Well, first let me go through my notes. I feel like there might be a few oh, okay. things. Yeah, let's do that. One thing this is less about the game and more about me. Last night when I started playing this, for some reason it was running like absolute oh. shit, and I don't know oh, why. Oh wow! It it was it the frame rate was like chopped in half from what it usually is, and I had no idea why. Uh, I did not have. But that. today it was fine. Yeah, today it was fine. It was like nothing had ever happened. But last night I was like, is this the episode or my laptop or what? Something was going on. But then playing it today, it was like, oh, no, don't worry about it. We're all good. In fact, it seemed like it ran a little better than past episodes. So I don't know what was going on there. But uh, that's how the experience was. What are you calculating pie in the background? Like What, what are you doing <laughs> on your computer? <laughs> that sounded like such a, what are you, calculating pie in the background? <laughs> <laughs> this guy. <laughs> uh anything else um let's see one thing that i thought was interesting probably doesn't like mean anything just a fun little coincidence the narrator or the super ego ego in max's head is the same voice as max in episode one of the series wow yeah it's it's just a coincidence since they use him for like everything in all telltale games but uh it's still interesting yeah that's cool one thing that really stuck with me, like this was the one scene I remembered the clearest of anything in this episode from way back when, is right before Max teleports away after he's hit with the missile and Sam is just like, Max? And then he looks up and you see Max is sad. Max like knows he's no longer in giant monster mode. He knows what's going on. He he looks sad and he looks down at Sam and just waves goodbye before teleporting away. 
Yeah, I wonder if that was because the superego was able to destroy the dark matter with the cathonic destroyer, but couldn't do much about the tumor the dark matter was in. So in doing that, he sort of made Max regain his faculties, but couldn't take away the problem right before he died. Yeah. Yeah, so Max is saying goodbye to Sam. That's just such a striking visual. This giant monster Max is like, "Well, Sam, it was it was nice knowing you." Um, he did the monster Max. <laughs> it's the day before <laughs> Halloween, y'all. I mean, it is. Oh Halloween. yeah, Happy Halloween, everybody! Happy Halloween! Yeah, yeah, spooky. I brought this up to Mitch a while ago. I kind of wanted us to do uh, this whole season in October. For a pseudo kind of Halloween special, just because, you know, there's some spooky, weird stuff going on in this season. Uh, What a better time to do it. So happy Halloween, everyone listening to this. Happy Halloween and forever may your pumpkins be bellowing. (laughs) You know what? I couldn't have said it better myself. I should have said it better. Uh, Dustin. Yeah, (laughs) but let's get into our segments. Yeah, let's get into our segments. Hit me with some lines. For some linguistic right. gymnastics. I feel like this episode had a lot of really good lines. And it hits you with them right away from Kurt from the Cops. <laughs> yeah, Kurt's great. He He's very good in this episode. Um, He has no problems destroying Max. And he lets you know it. Because first Sam is like, uh, we got to help my little buddy Max. And he says... We will help him to a generous serving of ass whooping. <laughs> and and then you talk to them more and he just keeps going with these. He says, that is one rabbit who will be multiplying into a million smoldering pieces. Yeah, he's got a bad mood because <laughs> his girlfriend, the the scanner, the crime tron. She left him for bluster blaster. Yeah, left him for bluster blaster. That hurts. Just because he's taller. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> relatable kurt <laughs> i feel for him but i do like bluster blast yeah I, so, I like kurt you know. most when he's sad so <laughs> <laughs> so i'm glad things worked out the way yeah. they did <laughs> and uh the last one is my favorite that he says uh uh sam says you guys are really getting on my nerves and kurt says and soon max's nerves will be getting on you <laughs> and then Chippy goes, bweep! He, he kind of gives him like a backup anytime he says one of these. So he goes, bweep! And, and then Kurt says, after we blow him up, that is. I'm glad he clarified. <laughs> so that was all great. I had to write down like all of those. Um, One of my favorites is when they go down into... Uh, oh, <laughs> it, so when you need to get everyone to turn around so Mr. Featherly can lay his egg for you. Um, Superball is very upset. He says, I desperately wanted to see that, sir. Ask him if he'll lay another one. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, one line, when Sam, after you go down into the stomach, Sam says, uh, we made pretty good time getting into the stomach, considering all the traffic we ran into in the esophagus. What do you think he's talking about? Uh, maybe just all the other stuff Max Do you think swallowed? Max ate other cars? Probably, I think he's for sure eating a lot of cars at this point. <laughs> but this was the only one inside of a giant corn dog. We didn't even talk about that. We, yeah, we did. You got it. 
Oh, did we did we talk about how you had to get the stuff to make the big corn dog? Yeah, you put the disodo in a corn dog, and Max eats the corn. Yeah, dog. that's ba- that's basically the gist of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, one part when they're in the exercise room. I I hope it's okay if I have mo- a lot of lines this episode. This is our last Sam and Max episode, so I got I got quite a few lines. That's yeah, all right. But but uh, when you're in the in. In the stomach, you see these tubes that can lead to different parts of Max's body. And if you look at one, Sam says, if I remember my high school biology, this tube leads up to the brain. Yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> um, when you're in the workout room with Sybil. Oh, yeah. Sam really. <laughs> he's really mean to Sybil in this episode. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I'm going to let it slide because he was in a really bad place here. <laughs> I, I think this is very stressful. Sam's little buddy is on the verge of death. But uh, boy, he really lets her have it. And Sybil's great in this episode, so she didn't deserve it. She's she has a freak baby inside of her. Yeah, S- Sam. Um, Sam is saying some some bad stuff in his head and the the superego is making it so everyone in Max's body can read each other's minds. Yeah, so Sybil will not help Sam knowing that uh, he's he's thinking these thoughts. He's thinking thoughts about how large she is and how he's real grossed yeah. out by the fact that she's 13 <laughs> months pregnant with a statue. Um, I don't think Sam's entirely in the wrong. Like, I do. If he, if he were just grossed <laughs> out by general pregnancy, no, this is a weird baby. This is not a natural baby. I th- Sybil's great. I think she should be given. You, you know, this is obviously great for her, but I think it's a little understandable to be put off by a human Abe Lincoln Memorial hybrid. I think Sybil, but he seems to have more of a problem with the pregnancy itself and how big. Yeah, because he that doesn't see I don't the think kid. He just cool. sees Sybil being pregnant. Well, he brings up the kid itself being weird too. That I can, but just her appearance, I feel like. Come, come on, Sam. I get you're in a. I get things aren't going your way today. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's a funny line in that workout room in in Max's legs. Uh, you see a sparring dummy in there, and Sam says the sparring dummy inside Max is in a lot better shape than the one outside. He has already ripped out the intestines, though. That's awful cute. Yeah, I, I like I like all the little references <laughs> that Sam makes this episode to just finding the things that Max does cute. Yeah, that's awful cute. <laughs> um, let's see. I think I had one more. Let me find it. Okay, okay. I have two more, and then I'll stop. Uh, one is when you're talking to Skunk Ape or Skunkape. And you're asking him about uh, Stinky. And uh, he says, uh, I, I like when characters who are usually like bombastic and be like, it is I getting like really casual. And and so Skunk Ape's like uh, animal magnetism like this. Uh, you just can't turn it off, you know. And, and Sam goes, how do you think I feel? <laughs> and, and then the last one that really made me laugh is... Uh, when you're talking to Flint Paper, you're in the body, you astral project yourself into the body of a Sam clone. And you walk up and start talking to Flint Paper, and he says, Hey, Sam, didn't recognize you without the suit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
you have this giant six foot dog, but he's not wearing the suit. So no, it can't be Sam. Um, I I only have a couple. Uh, okay, good. Then I'm glad I did a lot to make up for it. So Sam, I, we already did this one in discussing how it went, but now I am little champion. Now I am when he's talking to his new son, <laughs> the cockroach. Um, Sybil Sybil has some good lines here. Uh, she at one point says the medulla oblongata acts as a circuit breaker to the brain, which is like okay. We were talking before about how when I was studying neurobiology, I gained this very big, bad pet peeve for anyone talking about the brain in any way that's super dumb. And this is Uh one of those times. uh, So I I globbed onto that line pretty hard. Uh, So so you liked that line, even though it made you uh, it made steam come out your ears. I liked the line because. I can it internalize stupid. it as a very stupid joke, despite sort of knowing that's not the impression that the uh, the writers of that joke wanted you to have. They wanted to just explain, oh, here's what a mandula oblongata is, which it isn't. That's not what that <laughs> is. Um, uh, which it isn't, by the way. Also, <laughs> I, know, I know you thought you were being cute with it, but... Um, and at, at some point, Max is throwing a rampage... And Yog Sagath, as Doctor Norrington says, "Oh well, you know, you gotta let him get it out of their system. You, 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 at this age, you should just ignore him." And then Sybil comes in and says, uh, "Okay, that's dumb, but I've got a better idea." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the way she does boy that Sybil Sybil really takes charge in this episode. Yeah, I, she she's like all about helping you out. She goes inside Max. And she's like, look, that's stupid, but here's my plan. <laughs> she's got five episodes of Sybil all pent up for this one episode. I feel like something must have happened on that honeymoon to make her <laughs> into an action lady. Uh, yeah, and Lincoln isn't terrible anymore. Like, he's actually leading the troops against this monster. Like, Yeah, Link- Lincoln's weird in this episode because he- he's there, but he's not really... A presence you never even get to talk to him but like he's there and i think that's cool because it's fan service it's a returning character without necessarily disrupting the narrative uh there, there's a lot of great musical stings in this episode having to do with lincoln or sybil's mm-hmm. kids um that are like that the president song what's that called um the one that's da 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 no no wait no, that's not it. That's different entirely. That's like France. No, well, that's a long conversation <laughs> that we don't need to get into. But it, it's the one that goes dun 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 Yeah, that's the um, one. yeah. The, the, there's like there's a weird version of that little motif when Sid, uh, Sybil's pennies break. <laughs> See, I I wasn't paying attention. I was too busy paying attention to the lottery noises. <laughs> um, oh, okay. So when you're talking to Grandpa Stinky, you're trying to get the refer uh, the recipe for corn dogs so you can make the Desoto into a corn dog. And uh, mm-hmm. Grandpa Stinky uh, says, "Oh, so now you're gonna be wanting me recipe so you can steal that too, huh?" And then Sam says, "Uh, yeah, actually." And then Grandpa Stinky says, "All right, here you go." And then just gives it to you. <laughs> um, I thought that was great. <laughs> it's just our sister. You don't have to make things so complicated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I like that. So those are my lines. Uh, 
Those are good. Dustin, lines. do you have a potent pickup for this week's episode? My potent pickup of this episode, it I mean, there's no other choice. It's gotta be Sam. That Jr. is also mine. Yeah. Yeah, there there's no other like that was immediate. I didn't even have it written down until we were halfway into recording this episode. I realized I totally forgot to write down my segment answers, but it was so easy. I was like, no, it's Sam Jr. Just write yeah. it down. Um same here. We don't even need to talk about it more than we already have. Uh golden <laughs> moment. The whole ending. That whole ending is just so it it stands out so uh, strongly because it's just so different from anything else in Sam and Max. The the silent, uh, well, other than the music, the silent uh, credits of Sam just walking by, uh, sad, and then the uh, the revelation that past Max has come back. And now, now Sam's happy again. Things aren't aren't back to normal, but things are good. Uh, it's great. It really, uh, it it really does a good job of making Sam and Max uh, an emotional moment. Yeah, it was definitely the, the big moment from this episode. But uh, in this replay, I I had a different one than I did the first time I Ooh. played it, which was uh, this time the save Sybil moment struck. That struck me one. as particularly uh, engaging. There... Honestly, like just about any scene from this episode could be considered a golden moment. They do a really good job with it. There's a TV and uh, surround sound speaker in the living room that uh, represents Max's brain. And the TV is, is basically anything that Max sees shows up on the TV and when the save Sybil section happens, the TV starts flashing, just save Sybil. And I, I think that all of that together um, speak to like how all-encompassing the only thought in Max's head is, uh, is just save Sybil over and over again. And it, it, mm-hmm. uh, it, it feels significant. It, it felt significant to, to see this time around. Agreed, agreed. Uh, like I said, just about any part of this episode could be considered a golden moment. That, or like when the narrator is revealed to be the superego. Even even the part at the beginning, putting the team together and like they do like the credits. You have different opening credits for this episode that don't even happen until after the first puzzle. Yeah. Uh, but it's different. It's like an, it's like an action show where it's like starring Sam, Sybil Pandemic, uh, Paperweight, etc., etc., uh, it's great. There's lots of, uh, uh, moments in this episode. Good on him, you know? Speaking of characters, who is your weekly guy and unweekly guy? Mitch, Mitch, this is going to be our last weekly guy and unweekly guy for the Sam and Max I series. Know. Can you believe I know. it? That's crazy. And this episode has lots of weekly guys. I almost gave it to Kurt because he has all those <laughs> funny one-liners. Sure. I almost gave it to Sal for being such a winner mm-hmm. in this episode and sacrificing himself. I almost gave it to Max. Max is uh, great this episode. I mean, he is the episode, basically. Uh, but I gave it to Sybil this week. Yeah, uh, I think I am also doing that. Yeah, like, it's such a great surprise having her come back after having no Sybil for the whole season. Um, and then last episode brought up bosco we don't see him but that was nice but 
now we get to see Sybil actually come back and be a major player. This is Sybil's biggest episode. This is like the one time where the story is like, a, she's a big part of this story. In in past episodes, she was just kind of, you know, there to help you with puzzles. Um, but in this one, she's part of the team. She's helping out. Um, isn't she the one? She's the one who fixed the DeSoto. Yeah. 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 She fixes the DeSoto, makes it so and you go in run on the inside of Max. Yeah. Which seems mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I like to think <laughs> it was just a necessity. Well, <laughs> I mean, are, are you going to are you going to have paperweight running on the well, treadmill? At one point, at Sybil says, why don't you run, Sam? And then Sam says, maybe I will in a couple weeks. You know, I just I'm really busy with work right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't feel like it. Uh, but yeah, then the whole thing with uh, her kid is funny. Um Sybil just really brings it this episode, and she she puts up with a lot. <laughs> yeah, I I really love Sybil in this episode. Also, just the the new character model she has, uh, even just sort of like on the face and not <laughs> having to do with her gigantic pregnancy body, is um, <laughs> a really interesting upgrade of of the previous model of Sybil. Um, yeah, because it's more or less pretty much the same but like looks totally different like you can see the freckles on yeah, her face her hair her hair looks different. i clocked that they definitely wanted to make her more of a a freckly faced person for this episode specifically um almost like they had big plans for new sybil stuff that, that they didn't do um yeah it kind of feels like they are kind of setting her up to be like a bigger a cooler character going forward uh that never happened but uh i'd be i'd be all for it if I mean, it did plenty somehow cool happen in the just future. this which is which is why i think she's a strong weekly, weekly guy i was thinking about saying sam um sam is great everyone really is a good character this episode yeah. except for my unweekly guy but uh who's your unweekly yeah, guy? my unweekly guy is stinky interesting Girl stinky. okay uh, just because, like, she has this whole story going on in the background, but she just got a bad attitude. <laughs> uh, and, 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 like, Skunk Ape takes her away, but she doesn't, like, do anything. She is She's just, like, sitting on his ship. Yeah, she's technically a villain, but she's not, like, an active villain. She's just not doing much this episode. She doesn't really have a presence, and any presence she has is in the background where she's mostly shitting, not shitting on a ship, uh, sitting on shitting a sh- in the background. <laughs> she's mostly just shitting in the back. Every shot, of, every shot in the game. It's a little weird. That's why she's called stinky. <laughs> Finally, the big reveal. Um, my unweekly guy is paperweight. Oh, interesting. I liked Paperweight in this episode. He's part of the team. Yeah, he he is part of the team. He he does enough, but it just it like compared to what Sybil feels like she's going through doing her stuff and what Sam <laughs> You feel is like Paperweight doing, wasn't really pulling his yeah, weight. Yeah, Paperweight's just not as interesting as either Sybil or Sam in that case. And it made me want like, hey, this would be a great time to bring Bosco back for this one character spot. Uh, and we have have both Sybil and Bosco help you out. Yeah, side. like just after not That'd seeing cool. them for a while. Now this is what Sybil and Bosco are are here for. 
Uh, that'd be great. That would be cool if, like, they did it for Sybil, but it would be great if they did that for Bosco too. Bring bring back this character who wasn't really like he was a big presence, but he he's not really this cool guy who really steps up and helps you out. You could have really had him uh, be a heroic guy. Asking Superball to put his life on the line for this would have been cool to see, like, see a, a part of Superball you wouldn't see before. Um, so you feel like Paperweight just didn't really add much no, he to just, the No, he's just sort story. of there. And, like, he's, he's there because Yogg-Sagoth is important, kind of, but Yogg-Sagoth isn't even really that important for this. So... Yeah, he could, honestly, they could have just had him, like, with Mama Bosco talking to you over uh, the communications, and yeah, but then again, I don't know what Bosco would have brought. Well, then again, he has, like, so much money, he could have had, like, crazy gadgets and weapons and stuff. Yeah, or maybe he needed money so much because he lost it all in Vegas that he would take any job even the worst job ever, which is going inside of Max. I just realized, how did he lose that much money? In yeah, Vegas? he's got like a zillion dollars. I think that's the exact yeah, amount. Yeah, he's the zillion. richest person. Yeah, it. I assumed that even after spending it on like Bosco Tech stuff, he still had like a ton of money, and he lost it all. He must be really bad at gambling. <laughs> yeah, he must. He must be betting on blue. In the red versus black <laughs> game. Uh, I, I think that's a fitting uh, fitting end for Bosco. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do agree now that you uh, bring it up. I do think that would have been a neat little, uh, neat little thing to do. Yeah, Bosco or even like Satan. Um, Satan, I don't know. Satan might have been a little weird. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. The, the, Grandpa Stinky, even, I think would have been more interesting than Paperweight. Uh, Man, it, it's... I know we already talked about it, but Grandpa Stinky really throws me for a loop this whole episode. <laughs> Just him... Be, his brain being switched with a, a space yeah. A spape, <laughs> as you like a to spape, call it. Yeah. And that's not even, like, a massive part of the... That didn't need to happen. That didn't need to be part of the story. Because, like, all it is is you talk to him on the alien ship... And he tells you that that's what happened. You figure out that that's what happened. You didn't... There's no narrative reason for him to have had his brain swapped with a gorilla. Yeah, it's... That didn't add anything, did <laughs> it? It, it? It didn't add anything, but I'm glad it happened. Uh, oh, I'm super glad it, it, it happened. It a lot of flavor it. his way. And he's he's one of those characters that, like, for a while, he felt so fresh and, and, and such, like, an interesting boost of flavor to the Sam and Max story, but now we've seen so much of him that it kind of just feels You you get it. Yeah, I, I get it. He feels a lot like yeah, last week felt was like my... at the end of season two. Um or or Bosco felt in the end of season two. Um Yeah, I mean last week he was my weekly unguy. My unweekly guy. Really? I yeah. Yeah, because he fired Sam. Yeah, that was mean. Yeah, I don't think that was very cool, but now he's a he's a big space gorilla, so I guess it's fine. Well, that was our last episode on Sam and Max. I'm a little I may weep openly. Do it. Coward. Okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> 
I, I am I am sad that we're not going to be covering Sam and Max anymore. Sam and Max is a really great game, and uh, this process of exploring all of the individual episodes was something that I didn't think I'd ever do. So uh, thank you for joining me with that, Dustin. It's been great. Yeah, and and you know what? I kind of th- I was thinking about this earlier. If this was the end of Sam and Max, like if we never get that like hypothetical season four from Skunk Ape or anyone. I think this is a very good ending. Oh, yeah, it's it, perfect. Uh, it, it hits hard. Uh, so if this were like the last of the Telltale Sam and Max series, I guess that's fine. It, I think it would be very hard to follow up. This This season. is such a good end that it kind of feels like with the VR game. Like, why did you do another thing if you're not going to like. Again, maybe it has a better ending and I don't even know, um, but. <laughs> it does it does feel like you're sort of opening up a perfectly closed story uh to just add more and and that's yeah weird. at at the same time it's not like i want sam and max to be a dead series or anything if we get another season i'm all for it and i definitely love to wouldn't that be a crazy way to like cap off uh telling the tale <laughs> season if... four of sam and max yeah yeah wouldn't that be crazy if like by the time we're almost done wrapping up, we've played all these Telltale games. They announce Sam and Max season four, and then that is what we end the show with. Do you think they want to do that? Do you think they would really want to spend that time and that money making a new season of Sam and Max? I'm gonna say yes. I feel like I feel like they would not have named themselves after a character from Sam and Max if they weren't so connected to the world that they would want to do more after these remasters. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think maybe you're right. Um, Dustin, would you like to tell the audience what we're going to be covering in the next episode of Telling the Tale? No. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I would not, because I'm, I'm not super looking forward to it, but I'm going to be a trooper. I'm going to be a champ. and I'm I think it'll it. be all right. I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. Telltale does quality stuff. I'm just going in with not much interest, but it could be really good. For so here's the deal, listener. Telltale released 140 episodes while they were solvent. And of those 140, 16 were Sam and Max. Something in the 20s were The Walking Dead. There was two seasons of Batman, two seasons of Minecraft. Um... Uh, Back to the Future, Wallace and Gromit, Strong Bad, Jurassic Park, Game of Thrones here and there. So that's all stuff that, you you know, we're going to give their own episodes. Also, though, they released four retail collections of five episodes each for CSI. The... That's more CSI episodes than Sam and Max episodes. It's more CSI episodes than Sam and Max episodes. It's more CSI episodes than anything they ever did except The Walking Dead. Jesus. Um, Cooey. Yeah, it's it's real it's really something to think about. Um <laughs> neither Dustin nor myself have a connection to the television show CSI. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to play the first of the Telltale CSI games, which came out before Sam and Max Season 1. So it's a pretty early game for Telltale. Uh, CSI Three Dimensions of Murder. Ooh. So it came out for PC, 
and you'd think oh pc games you, that's probably the easiest to get running on you know modern consoles not the case uh you i fool. tried don't, don't real hard games. to figure out how to get that game running didn't work out um that said it came out for playstation 2 wow so w- using dustin's roommate's uh playstation 2 we're going to be playing CSI Three Dimensions of Murder. Now, here's the deal. I haven't yet decided if we should spend an episode per case. They call them cases in the CSI, uh, not episodes. Should we spend an episode per case or should we just go through all five cases and then do an episode on the whole thing and do it in one or maybe split them up maybe like three and two um that is yet to be determined it'll depend on our play style and our ability to get through them mostly i think um but that's what's next uh dustin i think i'm gonna watch a couple random episodes of csi just to sort of get a foothold in the show wow you know what, Mitch? That's what makes that's what gets you the big bucks. <laughs> you go above and beyond. That's Dustin's fun way of saying, "Okay, but I'm not going to do that." <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. Well, it's it's what I think is interesting is um so I'm going into this with a sour attitude. Yeah. <laughs> uh I don't like CSI. Or well, I've never given CSI a chance. Odds are I I wouldn't like it, but who knows? Maybe I would. But the thing is, that's exactly how it was with The Walking Dead. I didn't give the slightest uh, lick about The Walking Dead. I love The Walking Dead Season 1 of Telltale's games. I I was over the moon for it when I first played it. So, who knows? Maybe the same could happen here. Maybe I'll be, like, really into it. Maybe. Hard to say. Um, I I think it'll be at least as good as Bone. And it's like a full thought, you know, it, it's there. There's they they did all the CSI they wanted to do. In fact, it's likely they did more CSI than they wanted to do. But um, <laughs> they 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 did a full thought, you know, they, they didn't stop halfway through. They didn't do one season to see how it would go and then stop after that, like they did with Strong Bad. Um it it there's there's a lot of CSI game to be had here, and we're gonna have it. Uh, so that's that's an interesting thing you bring up. Like, I'm I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, if Telltale did a season two of Strong Bad, I was thinking that's ludicrous that we got this much CSI in one season of Strong Bad. But at the same time, I'm thinking. How would a season two of Strong Bad be like that different from season one? I don't think you could pull what you did here with the with uh, the city that never sleeps and the devil's uh, playhouse in general with Strong Bad. I, I just don't think you could do that. Yeah. But then again, I didn't think you could do that with Sam and Max. Yeah, either. it's hard to say. I don't, I don't know. Um, there there are some homestar cartoons on the website that go like a little harder in the paint and that kind of stuff but they never anything this melodramatic Um, yeah yeah that would be interesting sam and max is just a series that if you think about it it does lend itself better to this sort of thing than 
strong bad would. Yeah, b- because Sam and Max as a series is a template. It's not a franchise. You know, it, it's yeah, it's a exactly. template for whatever story you want to tell. You make up the character, you make up the setting, and you just put Sam and Max in it, and it works. Yeah, you wouldn't, you couldn't do like uh, Pom Pom explodes. Or, or like the cheat explodes. I think they did kill Pom Pom once bad. for like a long time, though, didn't they? That sounds kind of familiar. Didn't they have to like? I, take I mean, them obviously back it didn't stick. <laughs> that sounds familiar. I would have to look back into it. I do know there was a period of time where they just didn't use Pom Pom a lot, but you know, just given the type of character he is, I think they get a lot of out of them in the game. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I don't think it would work seeing, like, Strong Bad walking slowly to sad music after the cheat exploded in space <laughs> or something. Yeah. Well, I would actually like to see that, though. So maybe that would work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forget I said um, anything. So that, that's going to be potentially just next episode, but maybe a couple episodes. We'll see. Um, we haven't determined what we're going to do after that. Would you like to talk about it on air, Dustin, or would you like to save that? We can, we can discuss it. You know what? This is a very special occasion. This is the last Sam and Max episode. We can make this a special. Okay. We'll talk about it right now. I was thinking, and, and, uh, tell me if you don't want to do it right now, but I was thinking that after this CSI, we could do back to the future. That's interesting. I'm down with that. Is there any specific reason you think Back to the Future would work better or earlier? Because there's still some Telltale games we've uh, we skipped yeah. uh, getting to uh, Devil's Playhouse, and so we would be going forward. Back to the Future was right after Devil's Playhouse, right? Back to the Future, yeah. It was after. It was between uh, between Devil's Playhouse and walking dead were the two puzzle agent games uh back to the future and jurassic park probably another csi and the law and order series oh my god mitch i totally forgot i i'm sorry to go back to sam and max on this sam and max episode but i totally forgot something i thought was interesting okay. in this let's episode. hear it we got some a couple um, seconds <laughs> when you're in max's body you are able to make a choice between what happens. It it feels like them dipping their toe into the pool of making choices that affect the story in uh, this episode. Because you can make a choice between remembering you and Max going on adventures together or remembering you and Max going crime fighting together. And depending on which choice you make, it does change the ending a little How? bit. Like not a not a whole lot. I I don't remember. I just did the one choice here, but I what, do what, remember specifically pick? thinking. I picked adventuring. I also picked adventuring. Okay. Yeah. So I would need to look up a video, but different. There are like some small differences in that last part with Max. Huh. I want to say I want to say Max is still in the elevator and says some different stuff. If you pick the crime fighting option. But it is interesting that this is them starting to do that, and that would be a heavy thing in later uh, Telltale games. Really interesting. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. But speaking of of them doing things differently in different Telltale games, that is actually why I wanted to pick Back to the Future. 
um, because okay. I would like us to be. I, I think I think that the goal that I have right now is to do Walking Dead season one as soon as is appropriate. Um, so that okay, because everything after Walking Dead season one, we need to at least have seen Walking Dead season one because that was such a pivotal moment for Telltale. I think it would be weird to go out of order with that. Um, even though we can go out okay. of order after that. I just want to get Walking Dead Season 1 first. But Walking Dead Season 1 was sort of uh, informed by at least two series in particular, which are Back to the Future and Jurassic Park. Um, because Jurassic Park actually has the format that Walking Dead has. It was just not as successful. And... But, People, I remember people really not liking yeah. it. Like, not just was it not successful, it it got, like, bad reviews. Yeah, I mean, if it's a if it's a gameplay system that is all about um, showing you choices and story, um, it, it, it makes sense that a game that has sort of a, a lesser story like Jurassic Park, not that the movie or, or source material is bad, just that one game had sort of a weak story from what I gather. I've never played it. Um, mm-hmm. That gameplay system would seem quite bad. And then Walking Dead's story, uh, story and choices are, are quite good, so the game would seem good. Um, but yeah, so Jurassic Park had that system before Walking Dead had it, so I want to play that first. And then before that, Back to the Future was sort of like this hybrid of in-between the Sam and Max Monkey Island style of adventure game, and then also getting mm-hmm. to that narrative choice game that Walking Dead is. So I wanted, I I was thinking on, the, like this is our pathway to Walking Dead. So the next one I, I thought could okay. be Back to the Future. Well, I'm totally down with doing Back to the Future next. I'm really chomping at the bit to get to Tales of Monkey Island, but I also don't want to blow my load on, like, my favorites. Because we just did Devil's Toy Box, or mm-hmm. Playhouse. If we did Monkey Island right away, that would be, like, both my favorite Telltale games out out of the way. So I'm fine with putting off uh, Monkey Island for a little bit to get to... Uh, these other ones first yeah i i'm definitely excited about getting to monkey island but also monkey island is the kind of game that like we could do at any time and is not sensitive yeah um but mm-hmm. but yeah I, I i agree i want to do that too uh dustin are you well, the kind that of guy sounds like a that when you have food in your teeth you want someone to tell you about it what a what a strange question that is but i will answer once i think about it because I, I see the benefits of both sides, but I, I feel like I would want them to, yes. I would be a little embarrassed at the time, but it's better than being super embarrassed Well, later. in that case, it's not chomping at the bit. It's champing at the bit. Wow. Okay. I thought it was like chomping like, like a dinosaur. No, a champ, champing is what horses do with their teeth. And oh, bits okay. Are so the, it's kind of like... It's kind of, like it's kind of like chomping. Yeah, like when you have reins on a horse, the, the the wood bit that they have in their mouth is a bit. Um, okay, that's interesting. I learned something today. Yeah, well, just just in case you're the kind of guy that wants people to po- uh, point out the food in your teeth, there now you know that thing about <laughs> champing bits. Um, well, don't I feel foolish? But I'm glad you said it, so I would not feel more foolish. I'm glad I asked. Um, because that could just be 
that could just be your whole day. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I'm lying in bed awake thinking, oh, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe that. I said chomp. <laughs> like, like, I just happened to stumble upon the actual right use for it. I can't believe Mitch didn't tell me. <laughs> he let me flounder around out there. Um, well, thank you all for listening. Uh, again, you can... Check us out next week. We'll be covering CSI Three Dimensions of Murder for the PlayStation 2. And until next time, we'll see ya. Goodbye. So long.